You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Pleased to be joined by Doug Farrar from Bleach Report. Doug, thanks so much for taking the time. Many of our listeners are still learning about quarterbacks like Josh Allen. We know the upside to use the scouting terminology. Big body, big arm. How concerned are you? His completion percentage was less than 60% at Wyoming. Yeah, I mean, and, and completion percentage, I mean, as you guys know, sometimes it's the main problem. Sometimes it's kind of a, a symptom and it reveals other issues. I mean, with Allen, you've got, it's, it's a long throwing motion. It's pocket movement. It's how he deals with pressure. It's things like that. Um, I mean, if the, the, the line I've had with him is he's a two- to three-year prospect in my mind on an NFL team. And if you, quote-unquote, raise him right, he could be Joe Flacco. Uh, in the wrong system, he could be Mike Glennon. And we all know that turned out. When you look at all of these quarterbacks, I mean, each one of them have something different to offer. Uh, of course, Baker Mayfield, I think, of the third, the top four, I'd rather be Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen. He has a little, he has a different fire about him because maybe he had to prove his way to a certain, to this point, a little different than the rest of the guys. If you look at Baker Mayfield, what does he offer uh, in comparison to the other guys? You know, I, Mayfield is my second favorite quarterback in this class behind Lamar Jackson. And I think, again, you're dealing with, I mean, all these quarterbacks are going to need to be in specific systems, and that's true of most quarterbacks. Your your Tom Brady's and Aaron Rodgers's and <laughs> Russell Wilson's don't come along too often. Um, I think with Mayfield, you know, the height is an issue only if you don't look at how the Saints and Seahawks have created line splits um, for viewing lanes for Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Michael Vick was six foot, so. That's only a problem if you don't work around it. I think he has the potential to be an electric playmaker. Um, you know, I think he's a very intelligent guy on the field. Uh, you know, the gunslinger stuff with some of these guys, him and Rosen are the two guys where I go, wow, the, the quote-unquote gunslinger tendencies, the sort of Jay Cutler throws once in a while where you're like, why did you do that? But I think in the right system, uh, you know, heavy boot right, keep him on the move, um, throw some run-pass option in there. I, I think he could be really good in the right system. Doug Farrar, Bleach Report, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Since you mentioned Lamar Jackson and you evaluate him highly, what do you make of Bill Polian repeatedly saying Jackson should focus on playing receiver in the NFL? I'll go back to 1968, 50 years ago. Uh, there was a guy named Marlon Briscoe who was on the Denver Broncos in the American Football League set the rookie record for the Broncos in touchdown passes, which I believe still stands. I don't think even John Elway broke it. And the next year, they tried to convert him to receiver, and he refused. And he wound up being a receiver on the 1972 Dolphins, obviously the only perfect team in NFL history. But I always wonder, like, what if he had gone to the CFL? You know, what if Warren Moon hadn't gone to the CFL because they wanted to make him a defensive back in the NFL. I think when you watch Lamar Jackson's tape, I mean, there are issues to be sure, but I don't understand. I mean, why doesn't Josh Allen play tight end? Why doesn't Baker Mayfield play slot corner? I don't really get where that's coming from. Well, Doug, do you think there I mean, are racial overtones to that analysis? You know, I'm not in Polian's head, so I don't know. But I'll say this. When you watch Lamar Jackson's runs, I mean – 
it's not like he's running routes. He would be more like a, a Tariq Cohen or you know Tyree Kill before he learned routes. I mean, it would take him, in my mind, a couple years to get a route tree together because you know the, the complexity of routes you're running in the NFL. That's the other aspect of this I don't understand. So he runs quickly, and he's able to elude people. Well, those are characteristics you would more frequently see in a top-level running back. How he all of a sudden is going to magically become a wide receiver at a high level, having to run you know complex routes at the NFL level is beyond me. I just look at it as more of a, a prejudice approach of how the old school GMs, let's just say that that's what Bill Polian, because I remember when I had the opportunity to go to the Combine, Doug, and, and the Indianapolis mm-hmm. coach came up to me, and them and the Chicago Bears, they said, can you try out a running back? And guess who was the GM uh. then? Bill Polian. So, yeah, you, know, it's you wouldn't kind of, know anything about this, would you, Cordell? I have no clue whatsoever. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just hanging out with you guys. <laughs> and that, yeah, but, but there you go. It, it, the thing is, is for me is, you know, when you see someone, and Bill Polian said this, you know, exceptional talent. You know, and sometimes when you watch some of these quarterbacks that uh, that's allegedly supposed to be the great ones moving forward, it doesn't always pan out. Look at Tom Brady, six-round draft choice. Look at look at Russell Wilson. Correct me if I'm wrong, the third or fourth round uh, draft choice. And look what he's done for his champ. Both these guys have done for his championships. If you get them in the right system and you actually mold these guys to be something that they want, following behind a veteran, maybe that 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 exceptional talent can be pretty exceptional at the quarterback position, and correct me if I'm wrong on that, Doug. Well, a couple things. I mean, I was watching the his game against Florida State last year, and Florida State plays, I mean, it's a lot of man, It you know, a lot of really highly regarded players, and justifiably so. They run some complex stuff, but it's, you know, it's pattern matching and, and aggressive man coverage, and they have the players to do that. Well, he threw an absolutely gorgeous touchdown pass, which was over 30 yards, right in the hands of the receiver. He threw another one to a different part of the field later in the game that the receiver dropped, and it was I mean, absolutely in the receiver's hands. Now, both of those were throws from the pocket. So, and, you know, Polian saying things like, well, he's too short. He's 6'3". What do you want? You want a 6'7 quarterback? Is that, you know, what is your standard as far as what he can and can't do as a quarterback? The other thing Lamar Jackson has, which I think makes him really dangerous in the right system, and I'm sure you guys have noticed this if you watch his tape, Michael Vick used to have this. He could flick his wrist Mm -hmm. and throw it 40 yards on a dime. That's a really rare ability. I don't, you know, I'm not so into quarterback mechanics that I know how that's possible. But Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick are the only two guys I've ever seen who can just flick it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has this to a point, but he flicks it and it goes 40 yards and it's accurate. Now, does he get a little too finessey with it at times and he has some inaccurate passes? Sure. Does he need development? Yes. But to say he does not have the potential to be an NFL quarterback, in my mind, is absolutely ridiculous. Talking draft with Doug Farrar. Check out his great work, BleachReport.com. Doug, what do you make of the comparisons between Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel? I find that to be lazy analysis. Uh, well, I, you know, <laughs> Baker Mayfield works in an offensive system. Johnny Manziel, and you talk to A&M coaches, he was basically, you know, kind of running Sandlot the whole time. And that came crashing down on him when he went to the NFL, which requires more structure. The off-the-field stuff, I mean, unless you've got proof 
uh, I wouldn't go there. If you're comparing Baker Mayfield to Johnny Menzel on the field, you know, I, I think Mayfield is a far more evolved quarterback than Menzel ever was. I know some may have that first pick with the Cleveland Browns, a quarterback, whether it's Josh Allen with, with understanding that Mel Kuyper with his 2.0 choices. You have Josh Allen, I think, sitting there, and, and others may have uh, Sam Darnold, but they need a running back, both Cleveland as well as the Giants. What do you see Saquon Barkley falling into this mix? He could go top four. Um, you know, I like him a lot. I like Darius Geis. If he's more of a power guy, Geis reminds me a lot of Marshawn Lynch in his prime, which is uh, a pretty estimable thing. Um, and obviously the Browns, I mean, they they played, <laughs> they kind of played hooky with Deshaun Kaiser all year. I don't think Hugh Jackson believes in Deshaun Kaiser, whether that's a fair estimate or not, um, to his talent. I, you know, I don't think they're convinced that he's the guy. Now, if you're going to take someone first overall and he's not a quarterback, you know, is there that level of, you know, that particular player in this draft whose talent supersedes his positional value? Could Saquon Barkley be that guy? I mean, I've seen a lot of negative runs with him, and part of that's kind of a byproduct of his elusiveness, but. Like when Jalen Ramsey came out of Florida State, I thought if I had the number one overall pick, I'd take this guy because he can play about four different positions in the defensive backfield at an extremely high level. And in my mind, cornerback is the second most important position in football right now behind quarterback. So if you're making that move to say we're going to draft a running back at, at one or three or four, that guy had better be at kind of an Adrian Peterson level as opposed to you know, just a good first-round running back. Doug, let's wrap it up with UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen. So much talk about his strong personality, but do you think that's truly going to be a factor? Because I'd be very surprised if he's still available once we get past the top five. That's going to depend a lot on the coach. I think, I mean, I've been around, I'm in Seattle, so I've covered Pete Carroll since he came here in 2010. I know Pete has absolutely no problem, guys, who speak their mind and are uh, borderline obnoxious on the field at times. And that's it's kind of a money ball thing, a hidden value thing, because there are other coaches who will not touch those guys with a 10-foot pole. And the coaches who are more, more open-minded to different personalities, like, hey, you know, more stuff for me, bring it on. So I think if Rosen gets in the right system with the right coach, and that coach is like, you know, I – we can manage the whatever the personality issues are as opposed to the group think, um, I think he'll be fine. If he gets with a coach who wants to tamp that down, there could be problems, but that's true with any type of player. Doug, I enjoy reading your work at Bleach Report. Thanks so much for joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! The National Football League is on. Tune in.